0: Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call story chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. Hello and welcome to Stories the True and the Fictional. Um, We have a wonderful guest for you today. His name is Mo. That's all I've I've been told. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So to start us off, do you just want to tell us about yourself, Mo?
1: Uh, Well... Kick it off. I'm, 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 I'm actually Egyptian. Uh, I'm currently based in the UK, uh, trying to build a company or uh, trying to live the entrepreneurial life. Um had a couple of good experiences so far in life, but one of the biggest, which is that what brings me here today is is just having the opportunity back in 2020, mid-pandemic, to to just get down and, and write when I, I wrote and self-published my own book. Uh and yeah, um here today. I'm just happy to be
0: with you guys. Cool. Awesome. Um, So a tradition we have here on the show is we like to ask people five icebreaker questions. Um, Feel free to pass on anyone if if you just don't know, but it's just for a bit of a laugh just to break the ice. But the the first one is if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be?
1: Um, First thought that came into my head is uh, just very easily is just poverty. I think the like when you consider the amount of people who are living under the line of poverty or even not like just struggling throughout life if i had the power of removing one thing that would definitely be it um uh, it's just it's just an easy answer yeah, yeah. well it's it'd be, it'd be a wonderful thing <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it <laughs> I mean, i'm sure there yeah i mean what would you what, what is your answer though to that question that i
0: found that interesting it's, oh, it's it's tough because i have never actually had to you know i ask these questions but i never actually have to think about <laughs> think about it. but like like <laughs> As as a kid, I'd say lasagna, but, um, <laughs> but you know, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I, I, can I get back to you? <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: But yeah, I would be proud
0: from my side, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Next one is um uh, something on your bucket list.
1: Um, just to be relevant to to this conversation, I'd say it's writing a fiction. Um, I've always wanted to write. My dream was always. I've always been inspired by. By the likes of J.K. Rowling and just like all those uh, great fantasy works. Um, and when I and when I always thought about writing, which was something I thought about for years and years, I always thought I would be writing a fiction, I'd be writing a fantasy. However, when I got to writing, I just had um, at that point in time just like something else popped up, and I, I felt like I had something else I needed to let out, and that's when I wrote uh, a leadership memoir. Uh, but to me, the one thing I still want to do, like one thing I, I I mean, I was supposed to get back to it last year, hmm. but then, yeah, well, writing sometimes uh, gets a bit delayed. But that's one thing I know that for sure I want to do before I die. And I'm hoping I do it a lot earlier than, <laughs> than, than when I'm like 70, 80. So, uh, yeah. or maybe, uh, maybe a lot, a lot earlier. <laughs> I wouldn't know. But uh, yeah, that's that would be one thing. And then, like, if I were to say something which is more common, I want to do skydiving and all those things. But the bigger thing, the, the more relevant item on a bucket list would be to write. Um, to write a fantasy that that would change lives just as much as a lot of the current fantasies we've i i grew up reading uh did to my life and to to, to plenty of others
0: well it's a definitely achievable thing so <laughs> i think so i mean it
1: should be it is yeah
0: That'd be yeah. optimistic <laughs> you can
1: do it <laughs> yeah i mean the idea of writing itself so i always thought that writing and publishing a book was impossible so just breaking that barrier just yeah. makes it makes, makes it believable for you so it's just like now breaking the barrier of uh, can i actually write a fiction or not or can i write uh fantasy but just the idea of writing now is something that's doable so you just uh one step at a time i
0: guess yeah that's it all right moving on um greatest sitcom
1: uh that was a tough uh it's kind of tough but i think i would go for a seinfeld
0: yeah well, uh, that's the that's a common answer that's a safe answer <laughs>
1: I love Seinfeld. A lot of people don't get it though. Like from, from, at least from my group of common friends, I always find people find it a bit weird. Uh, but I just, I love Seinfeld. I think it's, uh, it's, I think it's brilliant.
0: Um, yeah. It's just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Now for the crazy one. Do you have a zombie apocalypse plan? Uh, <sighs> when I think about it, I've, I've never
1: really been in like a real fight in my life. So I think, and, yeah. and only very recently have I tried, I've tried, I went with my my, with my co-workers or co-mates, we, we played, we we did pigeon shooting, uh, and we did axe throwing just the other week, and um, me hitting the target was not something that, uh, like, people would really want to see, because it wasn't really happening that often, so I'd assume I'd not be really good at fighting, so probably my plan would just be staying with, uh, with people that know how to hit a target if needed, yeah uh but yeah like I don't think I'd be like, I mean I if I train really well I think I'd do well um uh, I'm I'm really good at online games so I'm, I, I enjoy um shooting games and, and the likes but turns out in reality I'm not as good as I am <laughs> gaming so uh yeah probably not well, I wouldn't go out there I guess
0: we'll have to give you a drone or something with a gun on the front <laughs> I could do that probably okay. that I could do well yeah all right final one elon musk calls you up offers you to test drive his new electric time machine what do you do um i mean the automatic answer would be
1: yes the thing i need to consider or think of is whether i want to go back in the future back in the past or in the future yeah um i'm more intrigued um i'm more intrigued by the past because then i would want to to go to certain moments in history and actually understand why certain things have happened or or reach out to certain people and yep. just have certain conversations um the future intrigues me as well but i mean if i uh, you know, i'm assuming he's, he's only going to give me one ride um yeah. <laughs> and and supposedly lee i i mean if i don't die through through the, the entire process then yeah one one I'd rather not be too ambitious at the moment
0: yet. <laughs> that's right all right well that's the icebreaker is done so um let's just dive in we've got no real plan but um you wrote a book do you want to talk about that
1: Yep. Uh, so back in like when I was when I was back in university, I was, or uh, if, if I if I were to backtrack a bit a bit more, uh, growing up, I was extremely shy. I was extremely introverted. Um, barely speak to people. Just avoided everyone at any cost. Uh, had a great family. Had a great upbringing. Nonetheless, like I wouldn't say I I I, I, I I'm quite grateful for everything I've been through. Uh, but I was extremely shy, and I think. Um, when I got to university, and as as I'm just like I mentioned just a, a minute before, is that I was I was quite the gamer. I, I lived my life inside of a computer screen, um, and that was a life that I really chose above anything else because it was quite easy. It was quite simple to do. Um, got into university, um, started trying to break out of my shell a bit, and then I got into an organization that was a was a was a was a leadership focused organization, uh, focused on developing leadership in young people. Um, through, uh, through uh, sending them uh, to, to exchange to different countries to get to experience diversity and get to experience a lot of different things that that don't really, you would really come across in your day-to-day. Uh, once I got in, just got a lot of opportunities to grow myself, to develop, to just engage with the world and see it differently. Got to travel, got to see the world. Um, and I spent eight years in that organization where started off as, as a member there, but then grew up to, to lead the entire organization, be the global president of it. And it's an organization that exists in, in 120 plus countries. And hmm. my final tenure there, I was leading over 40,000 young people, um, managing thousands as well. Uh, and that opportunity itself just completely transformed me as a, as a person. And I just wanted to write about that. I just wanted to to, to, to write about that experience, write about how, how you'd lead as an introvert, about how that transformation has happened um and i wanted to focus on that span of around eight years um and wanted to give advice to people that initially because my target audience was uh the people in those in, in this organization but also trying to reach out to young people trying to reach out to introverts um so i wrote i wrote a memoir um and uh the memoir's name was was grayscale because i was trying to kind of convey the point of uh I think when I was younger, I was always looking at things always in black and white. I was always uh, considering things as being right or wrong, or uh, seeing a person as good or bad, or just like always seeing in extremes. And what I was trying to do and what I got to see through my leadership experience is the idea of. Of seeing things in grayscale, of uh, understanding that there are always there are always a ton of praise that you're missing out on, um, and it really really gets reflected in the way you lead and the way that you also go about your day to day. Wrote that and. Uh... Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, at that moment, I finished my tenure in the organization. I went in, I worked in technology because I, I, I'm technically a, a trained computer scientist. I just don't take much pride of it in it because I'm, I'm not really good at it because I never really were. I hated I hated studying computer science and engineering uh, growing up. Uh, but uh, I took I took a year off, uh, took it to write, took it to do coaching and whatnot. So it was quite it was quite the experience. And I was also mid-pandemic. So couldn't have been a better time to do so. Um, and uh, yeah, just like I said, I, it, the idea of writing just felt impossible. Uh, it felt like a dream. It felt like you, you just when you think of a writer, write, the, the idea of writing, think of it, the idea of publishing, it just doesn't seem plausible, yeah. at least when you're growing up. And then it, it turns out it is. And just got surprised by how much support there is out there, how much education there is out there, how many platforms that support your ability to to put a book out there and the reception was also great just like finding people who believe in you finding people who are willing to to give you a chance or people who want to listen and hear what you've got to say um it's uh it's probably definitely the best decision or one of the best decisions i've made in life yeah
0: but yeah yeah um so how was the writing process for you did you find that easy or was it a lot of you know writer's block or did you know exactly what you wanted to do what made it
1: a lot easier was that I started off with just outlining everything, so I spent my first week doing nothing but putting like i, I had i think my 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 bedroom was turned into this massive chart board, and lots of charts hung around yeah. the world' around the, the wall and a ton of charts on the ground or flip charts and like tons of markings and mind maps that are just extended hmm. across the entire floor um and then. Spent a ton of time on that and then mapped everything out on my computer. So I had like my outline, had every single idea mapped out. Uh, and from that moment on, it was just about the consistency of writing. So building the habit of writing 1K a day or uh, and, and just moving forward with it. And as, as soon as I had that, it became a lot easier because I, for instance, I did the, I did the outlining, but then I traveled because uh, I, I, like I did the outlining and then I started writing, but then I, I traveled because I had a few things to do and that was like in february 2020 and then i had to come back because like this almost got stuck in stuck in uh, i think it was in montreal at that time <laughs> uh and then when i got back that's when i really uh honed down and like just stuck on it and started writing the day every the the, the 1k word today and i think the good thing about it is just even if you can't get through the 1k you're just not losing the motivation so i i did have days where i wrote like 400 or 500 or 300 words. I just made sure I, I just opened my I opened my Word doc and I just kept typing in. I had days where I wrote two, three, 5K. Um, so it kind of varied. Um, but did that, was the consistency of it. Uh, went into the editing process. Um, I think that was the most challenging afterwards. It's just getting, in a, getting an editor that's gonna look at your work. And it's just the idea of getting someone who's gonna look at your work as well, that was challenging. Yeah. Uh, initially I made sure, cause I was uh, just reading a lot of, um, resources out there and I was making sure about, of the, of the idea that, uh, I should not, uh, I should not try and edit while I go. So like only yeah. edit uh, after all it's done, because if I, 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 I think both ways go, but I guess for me, this one worked out because I think I'm also a perfectionist. So if I kept trying to edit as I go, every single chapter or every single page, I'm just not, yeah. never going to get done with it uh so didn't didn't edit my book until it was all over uh got an editor who helped me out but then after that editor was done and then had a ton of other people who were helping me with editing and it was, just, it was like a never-ending process at one point i just had to stop it's like i just need to accept what <laughs> i have um go for, for a final edit, uh, stop taking input because then I also got my beta readers in and I was like more edits, more edits, more edits. And, <laughs> and the thing is at one point it becomes like a lot of redundant editing because, uh, it's not wrong, but just someone who's like this editor likes it this way versus this editor who likes it this way. Yeah. And it's like, I'm kind of conflicting opinions. And at that moment, I just needed to stop. Uh, but, um, Got that done. Uh, got got the cover. Uh, got got my got actually got my cousin uh, who's a, who's, a, who's a great designer to to design my cover for me. So that was quite helpful. Uh, got that, and then it was it was simple as because uh, I was writing also on Scrivener. So it was simple as go on Scrivener, get the formatting done uh, for for the for the paperback and for the uh, for the ebook. It was quite simple actually, um, and uh, press on publish and. Yeah, it took me it took me around three to four months, uh, to, to write the, the the book, and uh, I definitely had I I definitely had moments of of demotivation demotiv- throughout, but I think the writer's block was kept uh kept at bay just because of the the process of outlining. That mm. definitely helped a ton. Did you did you go about the same thing? Like, how how did you go about uh, your writing? Oh
0: well, no, outlining? well, my book was just um. Uh, for the listeners, it's, let, it's called Letters from the Emu War, but it was just journal entries. So it's basically, just, yeah. I just, ha- I had a rough how how, how big I wanted and how many pages I wanted it, like exceeded that, but it didn't really matter because it's it's, oh, no. <laughs> it's it's a small book. It's a small book. So it was basically just, I had to map, I had to research the whole, because um, it's based on a true story. I had to research the whole event and timeline it because it was, it was about, you know, 20,000 emus Uh, migrating to the west coast because there was no food there was a drought so they're looking for food so I had them going we're looking for food there's food out here and then Mm -hmm. and then the timeline of when the Australian army rocked up and just started firing them with bullets but couldn't kill them uh, yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I just had to timeline it and then I just wrote letters from five or different five or six different characters in that in the different time zones and then um, it was definitely a fun process, but it was pretty tedious, um, <laughs> with the, with the editing at the end and all that, but, yeah. um, I mean, I, I wrote it in six months, so I, I had a, I had a co-writer yeah. with me as well. So super easy, but, um, it was the first time doing it. I did it all myself and I learned, I learned a lot of things from my mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so your book's called Grayscale, was it?
1: Uh, it's called Grayscale. Yep. Yeah,
0: Grayscale: uh, Memoir of an Introvert. Uh, no way. <laughs> 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 Memoir of an introverted leader. Yeah. But, so that's the um, sequel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, you forgot my book's name or the subtitle at least. So, <laughs> not great.
0: That's all right. So uh, we can get it. Is it on Amazon and all all the hot spots? Is it? Um. Yeah, it's an it's, a, it's currently on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Kill. Cool. Just, just for the listeners, in case they want to go buy it, we, we yeah. highly recommend. If my co host was here, he, he, he would buy it because every, every person we've interviewed so far, about five or six people, he's bought all their books. <laughs> he's like, oh, really? He's like, that sounds really good. And then <laughs> off he goes. And he's like, he's like, buying more books than I can read. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I'll be happy with that. We didn't say no to it. <laughs> more um,
1: people than Yeah.
0: So you meant, you mentioned earlier that you're um, getting into entrepreneurship and you're starting a business kind of thing um, did you want to talk a bit yep. about that
1: yep so um, um, back in September I moved to the to the UK with uh, to, to work in a venture builder basically where I wanted to to uh, to meet people that uh, have similar interests and just want to um, kind of take the time and stop everything and just focus on building company. Because I think from my struggles prior, uh, I've always wanted to build a company. I always wanted to build certain things, but my problem was always finding the right people who are willing to invest the time to just basically put in the time and effort to build, uh, a company and just like leave an entire full-time job behind. But that was the struggle. So moved here, uh, found, found two really great guys that, that we just clicked together. Uh, and then when we started considering the things we wanted to build together, things that we shared common interests in, it just, the, the, the whole field uh, and industry of writing and publishing and reading just popped up wide open and just made sense for the three of us. And starting working, I mean, we started playing within that field. And then what we've gotten to, and what we we just stuck to was, was the idea of how do you help writers write better books? How can we help, like, I mean, from my experience as well, as like, how do you make that process easier? How to make their editing process easier? How do you just improve the entire process overall? Um, we got to speaking to to, to a lot of uh, publishers um, and editors from good publishing firms. I mean, we've, we've spoken to also like the, the publishers uh, from 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 Bloomsbury and got like to, to see the experience as well, like Harry Potter back in the day as well, which was mm-hmm. quite interesting. Uh, and uh, from that, we just like also then c- kind of c- collaborated or work with 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 some. Um, some work that has been done in the past in regards to kind of going deeper into the, the writing themselves. So, like starting to analyze best-selling books, and what was found from that is that that best-selling books do have certain characteristics and do have certain patterns and trends that do not exist in others. Mm. Um, and then that is the element where you start delving deep and understanding as to what are those elements and trends that do exist in best-selling books that do not exist in others. So what we decided to do is that we wanted to build a platform and want to build uh, the, the way forward for writers that would help them start embedding those characteristics, patterns, trends inside of their own writing so that they would have uh, and would be um, in the end writing best-selling content um, in terms of uh, the books. Uh, so we're currently working on building the algorithms um, because at the very end of the day, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, like a techy stuff when it comes to like mm-hmm. data science element the machine learning that is that goes into that but we're we're basically analyzing thousands of books or analyzing best selling books we're analyzing non-best selling books and we're detecting and pulling out all the features within those books that uh, would basically uh, enable us to just know uh, what is what is best-selling book versus what a non- bestselling book and we want to be able to detect it I mean our goal at the moment is to, is to detect with with 90 accuracy the likelihood of a, of a book to become a bestseller um so that's what we're working on at the moment um it's it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of hard work when it comes to the, the AI bit uh, that's for sure but it's been quite worth it and, and what we've noticed is that from talking to editors and from talking to to, uh, to to writers themselves and talking to publishers, the thing that's been quite interesting is that a lot of people would definitely think that technology is not like I mean a lot of people always deny the ability of technology of doing humans work when it comes not when it comes to the writing because that's another problem which is content generation which is not what is, is not what we're stepping into right at the moment because yeah. we do acknowledge as well the creative element of writing. What we wanted to do was was support the creative element by providing tools and tips, uh, recommendations and insights at the very end of the day to help people. But what we've noticed is that those trends and patterns uh, kind of happen naturally in, a, in an editor's mind. Like w- from our conversations with the editors, we've we've easily realized that uh, they they're they're kind of delving into a library inside of their brains that that just got built over the years from the from the fact of them reading 30, 40 books a week and seeing and noticing those patterns. I've seen this in, in that in a thriller, I've seen this in a crime, and I know that. A crime should be this amount of words. A crime should be this amount of yeah. uh, pages. A crime that the paragraph should be that way. That the character's development should happen in that direction, and and kind of happens very subconsciously for them that they don't even realize that those are patterns that that truly exist. So that's where the refutation of of that idea that patterns exist happens. But from our conversations, we even confirmed it further. Uh, and since then, we've just been working on that idea. So we've been also building a platform that. Would allow authors to basically just go and upload their their manuscripts, um, and then accordingly just receive insights, recommendations, uh, and that is going to be supplemented by the algorithms that are that are being built at the moment. So to give people more info, more insights, more recommendations. Um, and it's it's, it's definitely a, it's a, it's a long journey to go, um, but yeah, that's that's the gist of uh, what we're working on.
0: Well, it sounds amazing. Just just don't get too crazy with the AI because we know what happens with that in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we we there are a ton of things that are already happening, like
1: Nano Remo and stuff like that. Where like there there's the opportunity of 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 writing through code and whatnot. And uh, yeah. w- from speaking to writers, a lot of a lot of writers and a lot of editors as well are quite afraid. uh, from like AI taking over the profession. And I think that that's one thing that should never be taken forward by AI because at the very end of the day, it's, it's, it's a creative process and it's, it's writing is art. Um, but I have seen great implementations of AI and great implementations of uh, of technology when it comes to helping with the writing. So for instance, I know that there, there, there are some tools that already do provide the ability to generate content but not generate a whole book for you. But like for instance, you'd write a sentence and it could generate the next sentence for you to give you an idea yeah. or generate the next paragraph for you just to kind of be that writer's blog that you'd be facing. And I think that that I think and believe is good implementation because it doesn't take the power away from the writer, yeah. but it kind of helps them. It supports them. It improves their process. Those are things that I believe in, but I'd still, like me personally, I still wouldn't believe of AI that would write the full book. I think it's it's a cool exercise, yeah. but uh, it's not exciting. It's not as exciting yeah. as the idea of, of reading a, a work that has been written by an actual person who's sitting down and like put in hours and months to actually yeah. get it done or years as well.
0: Yeah, because yeah, w- when it's a real person, they can put the real emotion behind it when the... exactly. Exactly, the like AI yeah. will hunt for the emotion and go, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I mean, if looking back at your like your question of of,
1: of uh, if Elon Musk were to give me a time machine, maybe one thing we'd do is like go and maybe go a hundred years, two hundred years from now, see if books, if people still write books or is it all, do people still read books at that point in yeah. time? Maybe it's all going to be downloaded on a chip. Like you'd have a Google inside of your head, so you don't really yeah. need anything else. Uh, but that would be interesting to see because. Yeah. I believe that writing and, and reading is timeless. I don't think it's ever going to change. It's like it's been happening from, from the beginning of time. Uh, yeah. And I don't think now with AI and technology, it's still going to change. Uh, it's always going to be there, but it's going to change in the ways that it happens, but it's always going to be people doing it. That's, that's at least yeah. my belief.
0: Everyone, everyone, everyone wants, wants to have a story to read. Everyone wants to have a story to tell. So, Exactly. Cool. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So do you have like a website for your business or... Um... called uh, it's called
1: reread.ai reread.ai cool yeah r e and then read so reread again um uh and um from that people will be able to access the platform uh so they like redirect into the platform they can sign up um working a couple of cool things at the moment because we're revamping the we're revamping our platform um integrating a couple of more uh, a lot of more actually insights and recommendations and um that that's in the works at the moment. So definitely, I could even update you as soon as we we launch the new thing as well. That'll be exciting as well, because we currently have a good number of users, but we want to bring in a lot more um, and think that that would become a lot more exciting as well because a lot of newer features are going to be coming in soon.
0: Cool. Um, Well, before we wrap it up, do you just want to give some general advice to people that want to, um, or are thinking about publishing and writing their own book? Anything you've learned from the process? Um, just like I said
1: earlier, consistency. It's it's all about building that habit. Um, you don't need to write two, three, five, five k words a day. Yeah. I think one k or even five hundred words a day is enough, as long as you keep that habit. That was the key for me, just getting a book out there. Um, I think don't. Uh, the other piece of advice is just don't try to depend on too many uh people to to feedback your book. I think you definitely, because I've also seen, one thing I've seen is that there are a lot of people that do not believe in bringing in external editors or a lot of people just prefer to edit their books. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I just believe that you definitely need a different set of eyes to look at your book, no matter who you are. I think you could be one of the greatest writers out there, but even the greatest writers out there still have beta readers. They still have editors because no matter how good you are, it's always going to be your work. It's always going to be your baby. It's always going to be a thing that you've written yourself. You're never going to be able to look at it with a, with a critical eye. Um, so I think definitely find someone. If you don't want to hire an editor, find people, friends. Um, I mean, friends, but also if ideally you can also find people who are not friends because what I've also noticed and what I've seen from my own experience is that when I was having, for instance, family members read my book, beta read my book, they definitely felt uh, they couldn't give me as, as, as critical feedback yeah. as externals that was very valid. Um, and I couldn't blame them for it. it just, they were, they were worried about how I'm going to take it, which is, <laughs> I mean, in any creative, uh, pursuit, it's always hard to give, I mean, the, the thing about like designers being hard and when you give them feedback and all of that, it's, that's, it's, it's true because it's hard when in creativity, it's always hard because I mean, uh, it, it's, you feel when you, when you, when your work gets criticized, you feel like you're personally criticized, although, although that's not the reality, but we as human beings, I mean, me personally, that's what happens. Yes. Uh, but just get get a second pair of eyes to look at your work. Um, get a couple. Don't go overboard by getting hundreds because that's when you kind of get uh, overwhelmed. So just maintain that number. Uh, ideally, try and find someone that you trust as well. Um, to me, it always helped the idea. Uh, I I think it's probably pr- pretty popular, which uh, I, I got from just Stephen King's uh, on writing. Uh, it's just always know the ideal reader that it, uh, you're writing for. Uh, so always can, I mean, kind of imagine, like envision inside of your head while you're writing, that you're writing for that one person or that one group of people, no matter who it is. And that always helped me when it, when it came to writing is just having that ideal reader in mind as I wrote, uh, because that made my, my writing a lot more... To the point and uh, more directed to my, my to my ideal audience or my target audience as well. Um, another piece of advice: I I know that a lot of people as well enjoy writing uh, on, on on Word or enjoy writing on just MS like an MS Doc or just on Google Docs or like I personally really loved writing using tools to help me with the process in terms of structuring. Um, and just like I mentioned, I, I was using Scrivener. I think what I liked about it is just to helped me with the process of structuring my book, like beyond the process of, of, of um, just the structuring as I go and uh, just keeping things uh, properly configured and up. But it was that the formatting of the book at the very end of the state the process, it kind of, it even saved me money from having to uh, hire someone to format my book because I know that's something that people have to do at, at the end of the day. Um, I enjoyed that. It just made the writing more fun. It made it seem like it's more than it is. <laughs> it made it seem like it's, it's a more techie thing, So like, which kind of integrated with, with my background as well. Um, the final thing is, uh, if you're writing a book, then you, can't, you just need to keep reading in that genre because you need to understand how it's, how, how it's better written. Um, like, I mean, I, one of the reasons I wrote a memoir is because I love memoirs. Like, I think the biggest genre I read is memoirs because I, I just find them enjoyable i like reading about people's lives i like understanding mm. how people went about things i like to read their challenges and i like the style of I, I what i love about memoirs is that is that they're not nonfiction, but they're not fiction either they're they're yeah. they're a mixture of both it's a combination because it's nonfiction that's got elements of fiction so it makes the, the reading more fun than just reading a pure nonfiction self-help book versus reading a fiction so you're getting the best of both worlds yeah. um so read 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 um in your genre, because that's only gonna empower you to write better. Um and uh yeah, we could go on for a while, I think. Yeah. Just, just go to
0: reread.ai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that's mostly uh it, I think. Well, yeah. well,
0: thanks so much for coming on, Mo. You're welcome to come back anytime you want.
1: I'd love to, definitely.
0: And um, yeah, even when your business is big and booming, um, I'm sure I'll gather a lot more listeners by then and i'd love to learn, uh, learn a bit more so thank you definitely i'll reach out then but uh thank you thank you for the call as well it's
1: quite interesting and i'll, I'll
0: could you could you remind me of the, name, the name of your book again you uh, letters you? of the emu war so like letter letter. Of the emu war. Yeah. okay oh, I'm, i'll perfect. send you a link after if you want oh perfect
1: okay yeah that's better that's gonna be easier definitely <laughs> okay i'll check <laughs> sure. it out then
0: no worries. perfect thank you so much yeah Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support Stories the True and the Fictional, you can do so by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com S-T-T-A-T-F. That's the acronym for Stories the True and the Fictional there. You can do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly membership. Whatever you're comfortable with. With your support, we can keep this show up and running and bring you the awesome content we do every week. So if you can, head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash s-t-t-a-t-f. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Stories, the True and the Fictional.